0: welcome to the global phenomenon
1: surviving the survivor where we bring you the best guests in all
0: of true crime what's up SES nation and welcome to another episode of surviving the survivor this thanksgiving eve happy thanksgiving to everyone if you notice something different no glasses which means i'm not gonna be able to read my screen uh but we will get through it it has to, everything to do with my four-year-old son insisting i watch his video game before i left So I'm blaming it all on him. Uh, Obviously, a very special show tonight. Uh, Unless you've been living under a rock or up on Mars, you know that Charlie Adelson, the wealthy South Florida periodontist who managed to elude justice for nine plus years in the 2014 murder of Florida State Law Professor Dan Markell. Well, he was convicted a couple of weeks ago in a Leon County Tallahassee court. And then exactly one week later, His mother, Donna Adelson, was arrested right where I'm coming to you from in Miami, just a few miles away. Uh, The sentencing for Charlie Adelson will be 12-12. That is December 12th. Uh, He is likely to spend the rest of his natural life behind bars. And Donna Adelson has a still yet to be determined court date in December for her second appearance. Uh, It will be at some point uh, in the next month or so now with mom Donna and son Charlie behind bars and daughter Wendy possibly next tonight we actually have a chance to speak to the people at the center of this horrific tragedy that of course is Ruth Markel grateful tonight that some justice is finally being served we also have a very special uh, appearance from Phil Markel who doesn't love to do too much media understandably and um, they are the parents and of course as you know Ruth Markell is the author of The Unveiling uh, an amazing book book which explores the murder of her dear son Danny uh Ruth how are you and then we're going to bounce into some uh some more details related to what we're about to do
2: well first of all thank you and i'm actually quite quite excited to be here on the eve of thanksgiving so we're canadian but i've often uh, celebrated the american thanksgiving because danny lives so long uh in the states. so let me first wish all of your audience uh happy thanksgiving and uh i hope everybody has a good family holiday and everybody's enjoying each other and not traveling uh maybe too hastily meaning all the traffic i've come home from uh actually from Tallahassee a few times on Thanksgiving and Tallahassee is not a busy place, but it was busy. So thank you for having me, Joel. Uh,
0: Absolute pleasure. Uh, just a quick reminder to please support us, uh, as YouTube members, uh, or on Patreon, if you can't do that, uh, you guys have been so helpful. Please listen to us on any audio platform that includes Spotify and Apple, and please give us five stars, uh, goes a long, long way. Um, a couple of things I just want to point out that are very important. First of all, Ruth, this photo, um, do you recall where it's from?
2: Sure. This is the Briss. So the, bri- the Briss is a, a uh, Jewish tradition uh, when a boy is born, and it's a circumcision. circumcision. And this is Danny's first child, uh, Benjamin. And um, this would be in 2010 at the Shomrei Synagogue in Tallahassee.
0: And speaking of synagogues, I'm going to put this up. Uh, this is the Ontario Hillel, of course, in Toronto, the Dan Markell Fund. Anita Robbins is the director of the Stakeholder Engagement. Officer 36 Harbord Street, that is t- uh, Toronto, Ontario. You can see the rest or you can go to hillelontario.org. And uh, Ruth, just tell the audience, the Dan Markell Fund, uh, what is the money raised for? How is it used?
2: Okay, well, the Denmark Health Fund, actually, uh, so our tradition uh, in the Jewish tradition is quite often after burials, we don't do so many flowers and we do donations. So at the time of uh, Dan's murder and of course the funeral in Canada, we wanted to have a, a Canadian uh, sort of fund which could allow all the you know, the local community uh, to con- contribute very easily. So the Denmark Health Fund was set up uh, we did use it actually last year for the first time. Uh, we were like basically trying to get it uh, to grow at Queen's University where my two big grandchildren, uh, Shelly's daughter, she just graduated engineering from Queens and uh, her son Ari um, is a student still in engineering. So we did a program really to help students cope with uh, campus life and also anti-Semitism. It was done before the current uh, situation of anti-Semitism and all the, uh, the campuses, but it was done as a way of sort of giving students support. And so they did a Friday night program where they slept over in a hotel and they had uh, different um, seminars and, and lots of social gathering.
0: And my microphone just fell down. Ruth, it is always something. So I'm going to hold that mic right here. You're hearing me OK, right? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, All right. Excellent. Uh, It is always something. So uh, that is the Dan Markell Fund. And then I'm going to put this up as well. We've got a lot of uh, things here to discuss. uh, And I'm going to take this comment down. Uh, This is Cocktails and Conversations. Ruth, explain this. And I'm going to try to fix this little mic issue here.
2: Okay, sure. So um, as part of, you know, besides going on podcasts, uh, there's a lot of opera and TV and everything else. There are some live presentations that we do, and uh, we did one recently in Tallahassee, just at the eve of the trial at the Shumray Synagogue. I did one in Toronto. Now this is one in Miami, so any of the Floridians uh, who live south, it's not quite Miami, but it's sunrise, those of you know the area well. So on Wednesday, December 20th, we're doing something called Perspectives on Trial Life. It should be really interesting. Uh, Joel uh, will be the moderator. I'll be a speaker. Uh, Dennis Murphy, who uh, you might have seen on this program before, uh, with me, is from Dateline. And David Ehrenberg. So we're going to do it. I'm going to do the victim's point of view and, you know, more highlight the personal side. And uh, Dennis Murphy will talk about the media. And David Ehrenberg will certainly talk about state attorney, law enforcement. And Joel is going to keep us all in straight Uh, conversation.
0: (laughs) And, uh, speaking of Dave Ehrenberg, he he was going to be on the show tonight. Uh, he's on a flight back from Los Angeles, but he texted me midair, which is not surprising with Dave Ehrenberg and, uh, wanted to say, uh, hello to everyone here and that he's super excited for this event. Uh, so again, if you're in South Florida, Wednesday, December 20th, uh, please join us at 7 PM for this event and we will post this on our Twitter page, at PodcastSTS, Twitter is at PodcastSTS, and then on Instagram, uh, it's at Surviving the Survivor, and I'll put up the flyer there so you can see it. Um, One other thing, a big friend of the show, great guy, is uh, J.P. Garrison, Dr. G Explains, and he actually has a very interesting video that he just put up about six, seven hours ago, and it has to do with uh, Wendy Adelson's, police interrogations and he analyzes it. And it's uh, quite interesting. A lot of people have already reached out to me about this. Um, There's some things in there that people think would benefit uh, the state if they were ever to go to trial against Wendy. So that is Dr. G explains guy has the best voice in the business. So um, you heard Ruth say, uh, this is really uh, all about Thanksgiving, even though it's not Thanksgiving in Canada, but it's Thanksgiving here in the U S tomorrow and family and the spirit of the holiday. Um, so got some questions and I also have gathered some questions from STS nation. Uh, keep in mind, Ruth really can't talk about specifics of the case. She can really just talk to emotions, her feelings. Um, but she has to be very limited in what she says. So if there is a question and she can't answer it, she's simply going to tell us, uh, that she can't answer it. And I see a lot of comments, uh, flooding it already, but, uh, just to start off and by the way, Phil Markell, who I happen to really like, and I met for the first time up in Tallahassee. He does virtually no media. He does the big dogs, like Dateline in 2020, but he gives a very short soundbite. We have a 13-minute interview with him, and we're going to play it in just a few minutes. uh, And you'll hear from Phil Markell, who was gracious enough uh, to do that, of course, Danny's father. But, uh, Ruth, it's been a a long nine years and a bunch of months. Uh, How has this horrific journey been for you? Is it getting any better in any way?
2: Well, first of all, it starts out with a lot of trauma. We're dealing with murder, which is sudden violent death of which we have no experience. I hardly, uh, when I did my victim impact statement, I would actually say murder was never a word in my my vocabulary. I mean, I know what it's about. So we start, you know, with a very strong, uh, horrific uh, shock. And, you know, and it continues. There was, for the first two years, a lot of uncertainty and certainly um, a lot of waiting. I think if I ever had to take a, a game or a thing of, way, of patience, I think I have a PhD in patience. You know, we've waited a long, long time. And, uh, and, it, and it's not an easy journey in any, in any way. Uh, you know, I often use the sort of uh, descriptions. Life for us is like a roller coaster roller coaster meaning you're up in terms of stress you come down a little bit and and so forth so this is not a not an easy an easy process and although we've had tremendous support which i'll talk about later which is the grief part the not the grief part the support part uh but there there is a lot of grief and your life is disruption disrupted you know none of my um Our personal friends are involved, and Shelly's family is deeply involved. And there's three, uh, you know, they were adolescent young children. Now they're older. So, and Phil is, of course, really, really also negatively impacted. So I don't want to say that this has been an easy, um, an easy journey.
0: A lot of people are commenting about how they love your book. I'm asking the COE to pull up a cover of the book. Uh, It's called The Unveiling. Pat here, sending hugs to the Markell family. Uh, Dan Markell from Black Widow are coming to us from the Republic of Ireland. Uh, Cat Stevens. Hi, Ruth. Um, Ruth, let me ask you, this isn't one of the questions that we sort of discuss, but literally people from all over uh, the world uh, are curious about this and they're chiming in. And I'm talking South Africa, Australia, the UK, New Zealand, the Republic of Ireland. The list goes on. Why do you think it's... Uh, garnered this level of attention.
2: Let's give Dan his real recognition and acclaim. I think that it's very important this is not from today. This really started out with with such vigor and and I think it's really important to understand why. And I'll share with you what one of his students told me at the memorial in Tallahassee which was uh, on Ju- on July 20th, 2014, 2 days after He was murdered, and everybody came from all over uh, Florida. And one of the students said, do you know why there's this ground swelling? And I said, you know, truthfully, I don't. So he said to me, look, when Dan came out with Prof's blog, Mark Zuckerberg came out with Facebook in 2004 at Harvard. And then Dan came out with Prof's blog in 2005. In uh, in general, to the whole public, and then Mar- And then Facebook only came out in 2006, so he was so ahead in this social media. And he also loved Facebook. I have to tell you, when it did come out, Danny posted like crazy. So, like you know, from a parent point of view, it was really, really a lot. So the social media side of who he presented uh, the world with was really quite international. And then, of course, he had written a book, by then he was very well known as a scholar. He was very uh, much known as a strong opinion against the death penalty. And so through his legal work and his teachings and so forth, there was another whole uh, group and the students said to me, so we watch him on social media, we get engaged and we come into the classroom and guess his book we have. So the kind of integration of really the two worlds in that era Uh, set the stage, plus he did travel all over the world, he did study, uh, you know, he did graduate from Harvard Law, but he also was in England, he was in Israel, and he had friends everywhere. So I really appreciate this international support we've had since this last week. Also, you know, this is a media frenzy, again, with all the local recent news. And so the, the international support is really, really welcomed.
0: And by the way, our friend Tim Jansen featured on Good Morning America this morning. GMA doing a piece uh, about this case and Donna's arrest. Uh, I've yet to see it, but I have a DVR. Look at this love from Portugal. Uh, A lot of people just saying Happy Thanksgiving, Ruth. From Suzanne, Lindsay Shea, uh, who's always here. June Smith, Ruth is always so gracious. What a beautiful family as we're looking at a picture of uh, Ruth and Phil and their grandchildren and Dan, um, all love that picture. Uh, Ruth, uh, obviously you can't pin this down to one thing, but you know, what do you miss most about Dan uh, as the years have gone on?
2: I miss most, and certainly even about American Thanksgiving because it sounds funny, we're Canadian. Canadian Thanksgiving, just for your viewers to know, uh, was in October. But because Dan lived so much of his life in the States, we actually participated. It wasn't that we did as big an American Thanksgiving or anything like that, but we often joined him in New York or sometimes we went to Boston. And there were other students who couldn't afford to go home for Thanksgiving. And we would take them for lunch. Like It was not a big Canadian experience to have to have the thanksgiving as an intimate family situation but we we would you know sort of recognize how big it was in the states and just to talk about thanksgiving for one minute one year he was invited to a southern thanksgiving in the south and that was like a highlight i think of his undergraduate years because it came back and he described you know how great it was how different it was in the customs so what i miss most of dan is really the day to day communications. I don't mean he called me every minute of every day, but the ongoing relationships. And he was a great father. It's not just what I miss. I think what his boys have missed is so significant. And I think to me that that's really one of the biggest loss, the major losses, really.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at all the comments. This is what I love about STS Nation. Um, You know, everyone it has their heart and soul in it, and they're all commenting, beautiful family pick. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, Ruth, from England. I uh, saw Australia in the in the chat. Happy Thanksgiving, Ruth, Joel, and SGS Nation. Uh, What's up, Ryan, to you? Um, and on we go. Uh, we'll take one other question from Ruth, and then we're going to play Phil's um, piece, and we'll watch that together. But, um, Ruth, obviously a lot of news. We had the conviction. We had Donna's arrest. Uh, what is on your mind since those two... Uh, major arrest with Charlie, obviously uh, about to spend the rest of his natural life in state prison.
2: Well, I'll say the biggest thing. You asked me at the beginning what the last nine years are like. Then nas- look at it from a family trying to, trying to, and I say have some normality in their life. So we've been through three trials, four convictions, one arrest, one oh, new arrest, and, and two boys now who are who are 14 and 13. So to me, um, the last, you know, little while and the current, what's on my mind are the boys. The boys now are really vulnerable. And I do want to say that I noticed, and I really appreciate, I want to tell you also your community, a lot of the more recent comments uh, coming out when I just did Court TV here, and I've done a lot of other media recently, are really recognizing the importance of, the children. So what's on my mind is the mental health of two young boys who are 14 and 13, who just had an uncle convicted and a grandmother arrested. You tell me that that's not a big, a big piece. So I have worries on my mind now, in addition to being so delighted about, you know, the blessings of the gratefulness of Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah. And Ruth, I think other people are worried as well. And I don't know what Uh, to what extent you could answer this. But Lion Swimmer, thank you for your graciousness, Ruth. Please speak to measures to ensure your grandson's safety in light of deterioration of the Adelsons and of Wendy's likely disintegration and fear blessings. Um, You just sort of spoke to it, but if there's anything you want to add.
2: No, I just really want to say that I, I really want to identify, you know, this story has had a lot of criminal, what I call, Glitz and glamour—you can't have written it any better in fiction, and everybody knows that. But what I do really start to see is the sensitivity to compassion about the children, and I think to me this is really where I want to say thank you, actually, to the audiences now, who are not so much caught up. You know, this criminal story is like a like a you, you like I said you can't write it, and to the extent that everybody gets hooked. To you know the content of where we are in the crime, I I do want to just say that there there are families who are victims, children who are really impacted, and we have to you know kind of think about the most ways in which we can accomplish the the uh, concern really the actual concern for these young boys.
0: Uh, perhaps the most important place, the epicenter, uh, comes from Norma Parish. Hello, Ruth. You show us all what a mother grandmother should strive to be. I live in Tallahassee where this crime happened. So we keep up with your legislative efforts and pray for you and your family as you navigate these difficult times. And then Fuzzy Puff giving us a super sticker, uh, which we appreciate. So thank you, uh, Fuzzy. And a big shout out uh, tonight. Speaking of what we're thankful for, I'm thankful for my beautiful wife, my three kids, Um. I don't know what this is about. Oh, my microphone. OMG, Joel. The whole mic stand fell down. It wouldn't be a show without some sort of little catastrophe like that. Uh, greetings from Canada. <laughs> uh, very thankful to the wife and my three kids, even my beautiful boxer, Ethel. Uh, the COE keeps the ship righted. And uh, then we've got Space Coast in L.A. Does behind the scenes work. And Steve Cohen, who knows Ruth, super well uh steve is the master booking producer gets us all of these fantastic guests he introduced me to ruth uh without steve cohen uh the podcast is a shell of what it would be um sabrina god bless you ruth another super sticker here from oxford and sabrina uh you are an awesome mother um without further ado uh let's listen to phil markell this is an interview i did earlier uh, Phil is very careful as, as Ruth is about what they can and cannot say, especially in light of the fact that Donna was now arrested and there's going to be a trial, uh, sooner than later, most likely, she makes it all the way there. Um, Phil, uh, took some notes. I gave him some questions in advance, which in typical news you don't do, but it's my podcast. So I make the rules along with the COE and here is Phil Markell, uh, up guy. Here we go. Of course, the father of Dan Markel, Phil Markel, of course, the father of Dan Markel, has graciously offered to come on Surviving the Survivor. And I got to tell you, he doesn't do a lot of media. Uh, Phil, you shunned the camera a little bit. Uh, you just don't like the, uh, the spotlight, I guess.
1: <laughs> no, I don't. So first of all, I want to express that I'm a quiet person who tries to keep my thoughts to myself but I've agreed to respond to a few questions out of respect to the media who've been really so good to us, and it's much appreciated.
0: And we appreciate that so much, Phil. So uh, first question to you, um, how difficult have the last nine-plus years been for
1: you and your family? These nine years have been really very, very difficult. Uh, They've been unrelenting, Constant reminder, uh, believe me, I would not wish this upon anybody to lose a child, especially in the fashion that we did. Children get sick, they're born with illnesses, they subsequently die, uh, they can have an accident, all kinds of reasons why you could lose a child. But cold-blooded murder, why? People lose siblings, et cetera, and you grieve, <clears> and you mourn, and eventually you move on with your life. But our situation is so different and ongoing over nine years, and believe me, it's still not done
0: and uh, Phil, I have to tell you, I just finished writing my book today. It's going in uh for final edits now, but uh part of the reason I decided to write it was my mom lost a son herself, and uh you know, I don't think she ever uh, necessarily properly grieved it, but I cannot imagine now as the father of three uh, losing a child. Um, this is also a difficult question. I think they all are. But what do you miss most about Danny? I know there's got to be more than just one
1: thing. There is. <clears throat> so, just I, I'm anticipating a signed copy from you of your book when it comes out. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. My honor. So, Dan left home <clears throat> at a very, very early age to go to Harvard University. Um, I miss visiting him in Boston or when he came home to visit with us in Toronto or at our cottage. Um, we spent many hours <clears throat> riding our bikes together, playing some sports, skiing, etc and uh, these are all really things that I miss, but most important <clears throat> is whenever he came with his young children, and they were under the ages of three and four years of age, because he was taken away when they were three and four. <clears throat> he, I'd, I'd sit and watch him play with their, his kids, and the joy, the laughter that he had in being a father to him that to me is really very very important and what i miss a lot
0: i was fortunate enough to uh, meet you under very inauspicious circumstances of course and talking about uh, charlie adelson's trial up in tallahassee and uh it's amazing uh, the grace that you and ruth and shelly have um how tough was it to sit through uh, Charlie Adelson's trial and your reaction to the uh, verdict ultimately?
1: Well, <clears throat> Charlie's trial is the third trial that we had to sit through and endure. I guess part of the hearing all the details and the, the police, how they found the killers and how they got to where they are uh, <clears throat> was repetitive and etc. But we had to sit there under the judge's instructions. We could not show any emotion or anything so that we don't sway the jury whatsoever. So we had to sit there. And for example, uh, when we heard the story that Rashbaum brought up about this extortion, uh, I mean, I couldn't believe that. And I had to sit there like Uh, like a statue, believe me, and some of the other information. This is not an easy thing to do. But then when the foreman was asked to announce the verdict, and we, Ruth and Shelly and myself, were holding hands, squeezing and just anticipating, and we had no clues to what's going to happen. It was like white knuckle flyers, you can see the whites of our knuckles that we're squeezing so hard in anticipation of what might come out of this guy's mouth. And then <clears throat> gratification, relief, and hope that this is not the end of a positive outlook to justice with an arrest of Donna. And
0: speaking of Donna Adelson, uh, it's quite remarkable. Literally a week to the day later, she's arrested trying to flee the country. Did you ever imagine that?
1: This was really disbelief. Basically, not that she was arrested, but how soon she was arrested was gratification and truly an unbelievable story continuing. I've always said that the wheels of justice turn very, very slowly, but how grateful we all are that at least they're still turning. Danny was never a person seeking fame or fortune. He devoted his career to teach, to help others connect, whether it's students connecting, or other professors, friends, even strangers. And the other thing that he really devoted his career to was justice in the world. Um, I believe truly that Danny been alive today somehow he would have played a part in trying to fix the craziness that's happening in our world uh, as we live it. And this brings me, <clears throat> it reminds me of a, just a brief little uh, note. When Danny was very young, maybe uh, in grade school, he had a very close friend, Avery, and together these two kids dreamt about writing a treaty for Israel and the Arab nations. So it just goes to show you how that very young age, what was on his mind.
0: Well, they could certainly uh, use Danny's mind in the Mideast as we speak right now. I'm sure he'd be really proud of the way that you and Ruth and Shelley are advocating uh, for him. This is probably the most difficult question, Um, and it's kind of uh, bittersweet. Uh, It seems like the state is really Uh, now in full throttle, full force to try to get the Adelsons. Uh, Have you given any thought, um, if Wendy Adelson, and there's a lot of chatter about this, would be the next domino to, so to speak, to fall, um, what would happen to your grandchildren? Have you given thought to that?
1: Well, needless to say, uh, to both Ruth and Shelly, all our relatives and friends, our main concern is really our two grandsons, Ben and Lincoln. <clears throat> ben and Lincoln were only three and four years old when, they were, when their father was taken away from them. We do not know what they have been told. We do not know what they know. We're told that they are restricted from social media. We don't know what they hear from friends or on the street. We are really concerned that at this current age of 13 and 14, they could very likely face tremendous bullying from other students and other people, friends on the street. We don't know how their future lives will be affected by this. We, will we, as grandparents, ever have a meaningful relationship with them? These are all questions that we don't have answers to. Will they ever have a relationship with their aunts and uncles and many cousins on both sides of the family, which they don't at the present time? Will Ruth and I live long enough to learn and get answers to all these questions? This is what's really difficult and this is what we think about all the time.
0: Uh, this is what i know our community thinks about uh constantly as well obviously the markel uh, grandparents law passed uh through florida state legislature so definitely a step in the right direction um speaking of the state uh you couldn't have a stronger advocate than jack campbell georgia Kaplan, and sarah dugan particularly in the uh, in the throes of it georgia and sarah dugan they are fierce and uh powerful um What message do you have to Georgia and her team?
1: Well, you know, this is uh, Thanksgiving weekend or week, and I have a lot of things I'd love to say. So uh, first of all, I want to express our thanks and our gratitude to Georgia, Jack, Sarah, Jason, Pat, Craig, the, FBI, the entire team at the SA office, to the FBI, state and, and federal, to the Tallahassee Police Force, to Karen, TJ, to Joel, to Judy, Mentor Lawyer, to YouTube channels, and all the commentators, their friends, family around the world. I, I, I'm sure I've left out some, but because of all of you, in one way or another, we have come this far to keep alive this case and bring justice to where it belongs. This week is Thanksgiving, as I said, and this is what we're really thankful and grateful for. I have really only one other small thing to ask. It's a question. I would love to approach the Adelson family, Harvey, Donna, Charlie and Wendy, was it all worth it? Thank you really for allowing me to this time.
0: Uh, Our heartfelt uh, sympathies and condolences continue to go out to your family. Um, I would love one day to be able to ask Adelson that question, and that question should be asked I think we all know the answer, um, and they are now paying the price, and I think others in their family are going to pay the price. Um, Phil, I don't take it lightly. Um, By the way, again, I got to meet Phil and Shelly. I had met and known Ruth a long time, but uh, there's no more stand-up guy, and I'm not just saying this because he came on my show. Uh, Phil's the kind of guy that you can hang out with, grab a beer, and talk. Um, He's just a salt-of-the-earth kind of guy, and uh, to make time. And by the way, it's not Canadian uh, Thanksgiving, it's only American Thanksgiving, but uh, so uh, I I cannot thank you enough, Phil. Appreciate you doing this, Uh, Godspeed. If there's anything we can do at STS Nation, please let us know.
1: Thank you very much again to everybody. And I, I don't wanna just pull out one or two, but really everybody's played a tremendous part in this. And we are really, really grateful. Have a happy Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter whether it's in Canada or U.S. We had our Thanksgiving, but um, that's what we have to be thankful for and and live our life as best we can.
0: There it is, Phil Markell. Uh, Ruth, got to ask you your reaction, by the way. um, I hate and have always hated watching myself. Absolutely hate it. Karm, on the other hand, after every single show, before she can get in the car, she's watching herself on the replay. Ruth, what do you think of the interview? Oh, I have you muted. Hang on a sec. I think. Go ahead, Ruth.
2: I said, I, I think it's great and bravo. And L'chaim, Lechaim is the Jewish word, you know, <laughs> uh, the Hebrew word for cheers, which means to life. So I think it's important and I and I, you know, and it's it's great that uh Get, getting all of the different uh, concerns out, feelings out. You know, this is, uh, we're, we're in deep, deep stuff, you know? So it's, uh, I, I think it's just a, a very important, thing to have the opportunity to express and again I want to reinforce one thing that well several things one of the things he really did say which is important the gratitude that we do feel to all of the law enforcement and the state attorney's office and the FBI and Pat Sanford and everybody that he mentioned and I do want to talk about the podcasters a little bit Uh, we had a chance to meet everybody in Tallahassee your audience might not know this um, you know, we create, I created a little gathering in one of the hotels one time, and it was so nice to see everybody face to face. And uh, so I think that that's another whole community. And, you know, and there are the big players, certainly, who I have to say thank you to, as I'm always invited on Court TV and Law and Crime and all the others. So everybody's keeping this, this particular trauma, this particular terrible story alive. And I think the media really, really is a very important part uh, of this uh, concern of ours.
0: And Ruth, I think a lot of people feel helpless, just kind of stuck on the sidelines. MJ says, we're all worried for those beautiful boys. Is there anything we can do to help? I'm going to put this back up uh, real quick. Uh, This is um, an organization in Toronto that you can donate to. It is the Dan Markell Fund. But anything else, Ruth?
2: Well, I think that this is, you know, your, your, some of your viewers really asked earlier on, I think in some of the questions you shared with me, you know, about donations or about the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah's coming up. So I think certainly this is one way to contribute to uh, to Dan's memorial fund. I do want to say something else, which is a little unusual. If people living in Miami area, and who might know the um, the area where the boys go to school, and so forth, um, you know, just to see, uh, are they going to school Are they, you know, sort of what I would call the eyes and ears. And uh, if there's any concerns, um, you know, certainly please bring them forward. So we're, you know, I, I think now we, we need a broad based community. Uh, and I would say it, a lot of that is not so far, probably Joel, where you live. Uh, but, you know, the 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 whole thing right now is two young, boys, fourteen and thirteen, who just had the the announcement. I don't even know if they have the clear knowledge yet um, of the whole situation, but if they do, it came very, very um together. Like in other words, close together. So I'm always worried, you know, my first career is in social work and later on I I uh, went for an MBA and I became into business management. But my heart is really always in the in the part of vulnerable vulnerable children. And uh, so whatever anybody can think about how they can be helpful, I would just say, you know, let it come.
0: Uh, Eileen McCarthy, Ben and Lincoln deserve the opportunity, of course, the grandchildren to be exposed to kindness, love, charity, understanding about their dad. These children should be shared by the Markels. This is a cover of Ruth's book right here, uh, The Unveiling. You heard Ruth uh, in her own words Ah, uh, people who are watching the show, and there's a lot in South Florida. Uh, if you know anything about the boys, and it's so heartbreaking because the Marquels are kept from them. But if anyone knows anything about the boys, the condition that they're in, if they're going to school, um, and I, you know, I've told Ruth this before. I have a few friends that know of the Adelsons and are in similar circles, although they are basically pariahs in society. They're basically completely shunned. Um, So I'm keeping my eyes and ears open. And if there's anyone in South Florida that can help, please reach out to Ruth or myself. We're always reachable at surviving the survivor at gmail.com. And again, Ruth's book is excellent. Uh, My book, by the way, is going to be published by the same publishing company. Shout out to Post Hill Press. They've helped me a lot and published Ruth's book. Um, Ruth, as painful uh, as this has all been, um, and I sort of hate this question, but I wrote it. Is there anything positive that comes of it in all this pain?
2: No, first of all, by the way, congratulations on your book. Oh, and you. I, I do want to just clarify one point about the issue of the visits. We did have a few visits and I do have one. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to it, but pre- Charlie's conviction and pre uh, Donna's arrest I do have a scheduled visit um, in December so I'm hoping that we all can keep our fingers crossed that 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 happens it's going to be a difficult and challenging visit but we have to keep up uh, the visits so the question you asked me is there anything that came out of this that's good I would actually answer that very honestly not to the family not to us not to the immediate family but there is uh, some things that have come out of this that's good and um, but we we and I can't say that there's any personal benefit in, in in emotional terms or anything else and I think all of us would say that Shelly I feel I can't talk for them but I could talk for myself what did come out that's beneficial to the public is the conversations that I'm trying to do uh, about grief, I'm trying to, and this I could have done without this murder. Like I just wanna say, I did public speaking before. I did not need the murder to help me talk about vulnerable children or grief or anything of those types. And of course the grandchildren alienation issues. So, but there are people who have benefited and I have to say that those are the good parts of something like advocacy. Uh, there is the grandparent, the Markell Act now in Florida. There's quite a few people who called me and asked me how to use it. So I so I think there's, there's a public benefit. There's not a personal benefit. And I think that is one part. The other thing, um, just to share, uh, I am doing what I call now intentional advocacy. So I think after we did the Markel Act, of which Karen um, Karen uh, Halpern Cyphers deserves the major credit and justice for Dan. I mean, we have a whole you know rising community who's who's just done so much. Uh, but what I am doing now as a follow up uh, is working actually um, with uh, school shooting with some of the therapists, the victims and so forth. And I also just spoke at Harvard Law School in March. And I believe that some of the legal training can have what I'll call sensitivity to compassion. So this is how I'm furthering some of the victim, the victim's issues.
0: And Ruth, I love this saying, I always quote, you don't get lost in the loss. In our chat, uh, I've seen a lot of parents talking about having lost their own children. I'll explain that lost in the loss. And what do you mean by it exactly?
2: Well, I, I, when when I coined it very accidentally, I was actually going on uh, a Judy show, AA Legal Focus. And I said to myself or to my thinking, how I'm going to talk and and express the whole issue of grief. And, you know, and I do want to say that many meeting people are in loss and in grief from all kinds of reasons. It could be health. It could be finance. It could be anything. But the idea is, yes, take your few years, as many years as you need to find yourself in the grief process. At the same time, when you start to come out of the grief process, there's a time you say to yourself, you know, either I should start to do this, something for my child, my son, my spouse, whether it's a foundation, whether it's an initiative, whether it's writing a poem. There's a lot of people who use um, creative writing, so to speak an art, actually, to, um, you know, to create their to to express their grief. So the point I'm really making is when you start to have those thoughts, is really to take take seize it it and, and really do it like don't don't just sit back and sort of go back into crawling under the bed or in the bed, I should say, and you know, and feeling sorry for yourself. So that's the point, really, of don't get lost in the loss.
0: Uh, Olivia Aussie Sheik says Wendy's day is coming. I pray that justice will prevail in this case. Those boys deserve to be in a stable home with a mentally stable family. Uh, I my it is my personal feeling that one way or the other they are going to get Wendy Adelson, and she is deservedly in a living hell right now, looking over her shoulder. But it is a double-edged sword because she's also the mother, and Phil talked about that uh, of the grandchildren. But justice needs to be delivered swiftly in that case. Meanwhile, Phil Ruth talked about at a very young age, Dan was already uh, negotiating some putting together some Mideast uh, treaties as a before he was ever in law school. But what do you think he would say today about the way that you and Phil and Shelley have advocated for him from a legal standpoint and a human standpoint?
2: I could talk about an interesting thing with Dan and me, which is, um, you know, this this whole issue, he would be very, very pleased uh, with me doing advocacy. Dan had very strong opinions and not, I don't mean legal ones and per, not personal, but I'll tell you a couple stories, which is sort of his teenage years. Uh, so one of them was, I used to go to work I was a working mother when um, it wasn't so common in the 60s and 70s uh, to be full-time and and quite successful and serious in a career and what was funny is I used to sometimes come home in the afternoon and Oprah was on so Oprah was just in her in her beginning. Uh, career really at that time. But I recognized on a very personal level, there was something special about Oprah. And I used to turn on the TV while I was changing. And those years, we wore real corporate clothes, you know? I don't wanna say I wore a banker suit, but close to it if I was working, you know, in, in the corporate world, which I was. So why I'm telling the story, so as I'm transitioning out of um, my, my, let's call it more corporate look and putting on something very uh, casual, Dan would be just about finishing high school and coming home and I would have this TV on in my bedroom and Dan would walk in and tease me, get a life. <laughs> you know, why was I watching Oprah? And, uh, and, and he would also be very, um, have very positive thoughts about the advocacy uh, because of the fact that he really liked public service. So when I did have a, a very senior position in the public sector and, and then I went into business uh, Dan was like a little bit questioning, you know, why, why would I be entrepreneurial when I had this public service that I still could be doing? So these were the kinds of things. What was Dan like in his teenage years? Uh, he had, you know, he had a comment and he would share it and he was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, even once the furrier came to the house bringing me a coat, and he had plenty to say about live fur and everything else. So that was Dan in his teenage years. A lot of fun. And, and certainly uh, he was a very, out, well, outgoing, serious by by the time he was finishing high school because he wanted to get into Harvard, Yale, or Princeton. So by then he was a no, beginning to be no-nonsense.
0: Georgia Kappelman, she is a, a force of nature. She is a, a, a bulldog in there, and I mean that with all due respect. She's as good as a, a prosecutor gets. What's your message to her or Jack Campbell, Sarah Dugan, the team that is uh, – you know, getting justice in this case, finally, all these years later?
2: Actually, I'm going to share with you, besides expressing my gratitude, something very interesting about them, because I'm focusing on the children. So in the first time, before the arrest of Zigfredo Garcia, which was in May 2016, I was in South Florida Florida, with my Canadian grandchildren, visiting, actually, Wendy and the boys. And um, what happened was... I always gave my information where I was in Florida, just as part of, as Craig Isom at the beginning wanted it, let us know where you are, if you need help, whatever your situation is. Anyway, so I had this visit with the boys in South Florida and Craig at the time uh, knew I was there and they waited three weeks before they arrested Garcia because they wanted this, this, this visit to go through. So this is the first part of an amazing story. Now we'll go to 2022. On the April 20th of 2022, the public doesn't know this. We had our first visit uh, with Benjamin and Lincoln. This was after the Act was passed. Not that we used it for Wendy, but she, I think she saw some had some insight as to the fact that this is getting a little bit more serious. So she invited us and um, she invited us to a bar mitzvah in June. And then I said, I would like to have like a pre-visit. So she said, come now, which was April 20th. So at that point, Georgia also knew that we are in, and so did Pat Sanford really very knew very well that we're in South Florida. But it was Georgia who actually told the team, we have to wait until they have the visit with the boys before we arrest Charlie Adelson. So giving you some inside information here, we saw Benjamin Lankin and Wendy on April 20th. Phil and I were down there. We got a call at the airport at six o'clock. Did you see the boys? Pat Sanford called, and we said yes. And then the next morning, six a.m., I got a call from Pat Sanford again. We just arrested. Um, we just arrested Charlie. So within 24 hours, we had this amazing change in our life circumstances but more specifically georgia herself was the one who held back all of the law enforcement this is what i've been told and i would and i believe it um all of the law enforcement don't go until they have this visit schedule it afterwards and there was a little bit of pressure uh on her to actually have it before so i owe that particular office really the whole state attorney's office i'll repeat what phil said you know, starting from George, from Jack. Sorry, Georgia, Sarah, and Jason Newland. I think it's uh, Rachel K- Cherosky, I don't know exactly have her name right, and also Eddie Evans and the Jason Newland and Pat Sanford and the whole TPD. <coughs> so we are grateful,
0: um, and we are grateful that you are here as well. And uh, Phil Markell just thanking me via text that shows you that he's thanking me where i should be thanking him it just goes to show you the kind of guy that he is um stand-up guy (coughs) um ruth broadly speaking it is thanksgiving what are you thankful for you know i'm the first to admit people know me uh i would probably have some bitterness in my heart you know i'm finishing this book it's amazing to me that I never knew my mom's story. I'm 54 years old. There are just so many aspects of my own life through my mom that I didn't know. Um, And I'm so grateful that I have now figured out so much of this that I didn't know. Um, Along this horrible journey, um, are there things that you are thankful for?
2: I am thankful. I I actually say, first of all, I'm going to give credit to uh, my family and friends because we didn't talk about them. We talk about the inner circle really has to be thanked. And I often, I had uh, at my 75th birthday, I actually did a little speech and I said, you know, thank you to them. They keep us standing. They certainly keep me standing. And I had two birthday cakes at that time. One was for myself and one was for my friends, because I think that we, we have... Uh, and, and I'll call it a, a personal community versus this broad-based, uh, you know, public community and, and, and all the podcasters. So I, I really am very, very grateful. I'm also, if you read my book, very grateful uh, to my mother, who was a widow at 38 years old, and my uncle, who uh, became like the father figure. And really, they were a tremendous role role models for me to cope with this kind of, of trauma. So I, I have a full range of um, have and had of opportunity, really from the very personal role models to the friends, to the families, to the community support in Toronto, and to the broad-based international support here, you have it here, and all the law enforcement and all of the podcasters. And really, so many people have... Are interested today. I had a doctor's appointment, and the doctor himself was following the case. Then I walked out of the hospital. Now this is in Toronto already. I had so many people stopping me in in the airports in Tallahassee and parts of the states. And this young couple stops me, and they say, "I'm wearing a baseball hat." At that point, it was raining hard, and they say, "I, I think we know who you are." And I said, "And I said, well." So then they said, "Are you Dan's mother?" And I said, "Yes, I'm Dan's mother." And they said, "This was." A young man, he's not so young because they are 51 already, who was Danny's in high school, shared the same locker. Besides Dan, his locker was next. And he said, you know, they're all following it. So this is, I don't even know how much support there is, but I hear how much support there is. And so we're really blessed. And I say thank you.
0: Annalise in New Zealand, to show you how uh, far this goes, and you've got Millie Miles here from El Salvador, so we are truly global in our concern about this. She wants to know, Annalise, New Zealand, how has your faith and community supported you through this long process being part of the Jewish community?
2: So I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it in a different way. I am uh, not as observant as some of the other family members that I have, but I'm very observant. On one piece, which is the unusual piece, because I was such a young girl, a little girl, nine years old, um, I went to the cemetery often with my mother to to visit my father's grave. From the time I was nine years old, we have some Jewish traditions which are related to um, annually, at least minimally, annually visiting the cemetery often before uh, the Jewish holidays like Rosh Hashanah um, and new year and and uh, some of the other holidays in the fall and quite often people will go to the cemetery on the anniversary of the date which would be like for Danny would be July 19th on, but that's on the English calendar but there's a Jewish calendar which is another date so my faith I have used the tradition because I had it in me for my whole life to really um, continue my relationship with Danny and and I would say on my part, it's not as communal it's a very private thing and I go to the cemetery frequently and i and I will say that those are the you know the real quiet, tranquil moments uh that i that I feel and have the time to feel uh the loss of Danny and also really the grieving process but there's times where I would share certain things. Like right now, I probably have to go in the next week or so and give him an update of what's just transpired. So, you know, it was the hardest thing for me to tell him that we couldn't see his kids for six years. So my faith is really not, it, its I would say it's not a public um, faith, meaning I'm not uh, active in going every week to synagogue and so forth, although I'm very active in the Jewish community in a leadership kind of a way, I in past tense. But i Currently engaged in the Jewish practices of a mourning and the rituals of um, of you know losing a family member.
0: Ruth, I know this is probably something you can't overtly answer. Maybe we don't, don't even know the answer to. But a lot of people have been asking. You've got to wonder with all this news that Wendy Adelson can't be in her right mind at the moment. People are wondering if there can be a welfare check uh, through the police department. Is there anything you can speak to regarding something along those lines?
2: And I'm, I'm not sure if I understand the question. If they're asking if the if the police can go over there?
0: Yeah, basically they if they could do a welfare check to make sure the boys are okay.
2: Well, I'm not sure it's the police's duty uh, to to do well, there,
0: it. Yeah, there's child protective services. I yeah, think there's here.
2: child protective services, but there are also. Uh, you know, like I said before, I think people who might know in the community, uh, if, for me, like if the boys are appearing at school, I know what's behind that question. And the, the question is a very complicated question. So the issues are how can a local community be responsive, be aware to the boys' well-being and make use of any of the public hotlines and so forth If there are any observances or share with you Joel who will get it to me and we get you know and so forth so I think the police um don't have the formal role now remember that that Wendy could be under surveillance and I'm not saying she is and and so is Harvey so they the zone is is maybe watched not for the purposes of guarding the children but certainly um, there is surveillance and there are other things that the, uh, T- the, not the TPD, the FBI, you know, would have to do. There's still, they're still the, the criminal, the criminal investigative process is not finished in South Florida. They're still gathering evidence now like you have a new trial coming up. So they are around. I mean, I think law enforcement in different formats uh, is present in the community.
0: And uh, when Donna was arrested, she had one of these. She had her cell phone. She tried to snag it, according to the affidavit, away from Pat Sanford, the FBI agent that testified in Charlie's case. Uh, obviously, they have that in their possession, and that could be a treasure trove of info. I have a feeling if Donna Adelson's anything like my mother, uh, God forbid, but uh, not the most tech-savvy person, uh, they're going to be able to glean information off of that, and it's going to be interesting to see what they can find. I guarantee you, Wendy is nervous about that. Patricia Ward says, Love to the Markels from Panama. Brooklyn Pesola says, Ruth needs our help. If you're just tuning in, if you're in the South Florida area, and if you know anything about the Markel uh, grandchildren, Benjamin or Lincoln, you can reach out to us at surviving the survivor at com. surviving the survivor, g- gmail.com. Let us know what you know, but that's the state of affairs that even their own grandparents, Phil and Ruth and their aunt Shelly don't know much about what is happening with the boys. MJ has a question, Ruth, and that is obviously we put up the charity here, but people want to know, did he have a charity of choice or a charity that he was interested in before he left us?
2: So I I would say Hillel, like he, he was not in Ontario, so he was at Harvard Hillel, Uh, you know, so definitely Hillel would be a choice, uh, you know, for him or in any community for that matter. I think there's a need today on campus life, which is another whole topic. So Dan's uh, certainly um, was very committed to, to Harvard Hillel. and Ontario Hillo we, we structured this of course, as I mentioned earlier, as a way of remembering Dan after he was murdered. But it's the issue of campus life uh, that would be something that uh, Dan would be very interested in making sure that students are you know because he was a, he was a professor as well, uh, sort of are safe when they're going to school.
0: Uh, Roxanne says, Joel, it's procedural. The police do welfare checks aside from child protective services. That's good to know. Uh, You've got Portugal in the house. Shout out to my uncle, Ron Waldman, who moved to Portugal and lives there right now. Ali 79, who's in the chat, I think tonight. She says, I don't have a question, but I'd like to convey a message to the Markels that STS Nation stands with them and offers our unwavering empathy, strength, support and solidarity. Professor Markel was highly respected in his and his loss is felt worldwide. We'll continue to support the pursuit of justice and honor his memory. And then a question from Joy starts off. This is probably a bit too personal, but how and where? Have you, Ruth, and your family found the courage, not just with the trials, but with facing the media, coming on shows like this, being on Dateline, being on 2020? Um, is it difficult for you to constantly be the center of attention?
2: So the media is a really important part. I actually wrote a whole chapter about it in our book. We we didn't go... The media is our partner. I, I can honestly say that we have really not had any negative experiences, which you really can have. I've been, uh, I have had a murder coach and he said, you know, watch out for the media. They can be your friend or your foe. So we have had a really strong partnering relationship with the media. We didn't go out at the beginning, Uh, the first two years, as many families do go out uh, to express their loss, their concern, their grief, you know, on on the media. We never went out and we actually had the opportunity uh, through uh, Dateline in 2020 when we first weren't able to see the grandchildren, we tried with the lawyers and then our next step was actually to go out on the media and talk about it to put some pressure on Wendy at that point uh, to to allow us to, to see the children. Uh, nothing happened from that experience, but we certainly have been uh, used uh, and, and involved with the media all the way through. And um, and it's a support for us. It's right now been a a support versus a challenge.
0: And you talked earlier about your planned meeting. You don't know if it's going to happen with your grandchildren. Simcha seeker, which means happiness seeker in uh, Hebrew, simcha is a happy occasion. If you could get together with your grandkids this Hanukkah, what would you be most excited to do with them?
2: I think we're at the stage now where they're big boys, right? So when they were younger, you know, we, we had them at in Chabad and in, in Tallahassee where they made challah like uh, bread and for Friday night and, and stuff like that. You know, now uh, Lincoln plays basketball, he's a very serious basketball player and Benjamin has other interests So in the heart of adolescence. So I'm not sure that they would be so favorable to sort of doing something of that nature, but we would, I was going to see them. I think it's actually just after Hanukkah and, um, and, and uh, we, hopefully we can get together and celebrate Hanukkah.
0: And uh, Ruth, hope we're not stepping over our bounds. This is a super sticker from Bill Davis. A lot of people have asked this. So just tell us if you don't want to answer it, totally understand. Ruth, looking back, were there any red flags, personality issues, narcissistic traits concerning the Adelsons that stand out to you now in light of all that has happened with this case, by the way, you're heroic to me. Thank
2: you. I would say there were certainly challenges in different parts and stories. I don't think murder was ever on the horizon, certainly in our thinking. If you, Even if anybody has been through, and I'm sure many, many of your listeners, readers And viewers have had, you know, complex family stories, but it doesn't have to end in murder. So that's my answer to that.
0: Then there's um, a statement and I don't have the person's name, so I apologize. Uh, They were so proud of all Danny's accomplishments. I'm also a Jewish mother with two sons. Do you ever think about how proud Danny would be of them? Uh, sitting through trials. This is sort of like the earlier question that I had asked you. Danny would be so proud. though probably not surprised. Again, with Danny looking down on you, what do, what do you think he would think seeing you sitting there in the courtroom, uh, defying all odds in the face of all this tragedy?
2: I think Danny would be sad. You know, like, you, you know, it's it's not. I know people want me to say how proud he would be feeling, but but if if Danny. Danny was very concerned for his boys. He would be, you know, the boys would be first, uh, and then he would come to his family. Like if and I and that's a good order for me. I accept the the idea that the children are number one. So I I don't know that that um, I I think we have to stay in the worried and sad zone. I I don't feel that there. You know, I I often like to move over to the more proud happy zone and everything else. But I have to say that I think of Danny was watching us in this experience, he would be devastated.
0: An honest answer. Uh, Marcy J. her honesty is so refreshing. Roxanne A, a lot of people are on this, Ruth. well, Welfare check by the PD. Please consider it. If anyone has Wendy's address, you can do it. A super sticker here from Allie who posed a question. Actually, it's a membership God bless you, Ruth. For uh, for you all, justice for Danny. Again, this is Ruth's book cover. Uh, this book is the Unveiling. Please uh, read it, Lion Swimmer. Ruth, you're so gracious, intelligent, and present-centered in life. That's important to be present-centered. I don't always do that. What a wonderful forward-moving answer about noticing patterns in the Adelsons early on. This is the event that we are going to be doing um, together with Ruth. Dennis Murphy from Dateline, Dave Arenberg, the Florida State Attorney. I don't know what I'm doing on, on that panel, but that's going to be December 20th. One more time, Ruth, just tell people about it. Um, the print's a little small, so if they want to get tickets, what's the best way?
2: Well, I think you just flashed uh, on, on your screen. I think that they can see. So it's basically in South Florida. Some people from other parts of Florida, like somebody already told me they're coming from the Orlando area. But it's basically a it's a public event. And it's really uh, now, I think I will talk uh, specifically from the victim's perspective of what we just experienced in the trial life. And I don't think it's just current. I would certainly want to talk about my first experiences, which were probably a little unique to, uh, the later experiences, three trials, you know, you get to learn a few things. Uh, so not like your watch going off that, that was, that was another story. So that was my third trial (laughs) where, where my watch went off and, 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 uh, I had my phone off. So those, those are, but that was, that is a perspective. Uh, but anyway, and, um, and the serious part of really what what it means to be a homicide survivor, and then and then the other players they're so key. Like Dennis Murphy uh, will certainly talk about the media, and Dave Ehrenberg, who has you know this whole insight to you know how a state attorney's office works uh, and so forth. And of course, Joel is is going to keep us in place and mediate and keep it short. So we're all <laughs> we're all effective uh, speakers and moderated.
0: And uh, Ned Smith, who's got the best sense of humor, Joel's going for the cocktails. Can't say that I'm not. And uh, Miss Wee Lassie, look at SCS Nation. I wasn't even thinking this. We're going to stream this event live. How about that, Ruth? We're going to stream it, if we can, live on YouTube. The COE can do that. Um, She can handle that. If Ruth gives us permission that way I all think of it's, us-
2: it's not just me that my permission's not an issue there's a you know there's it's a bigger permission issue but you'll get it I'm sure about you know the audience and everything else or it could be on a side a side part but yes that would be nice
0: I am jumping the gun but we will try we will try to stream it live so people who are not in South Florida can watch it Gen X granny, one of our awesome mods, Miami event RSB for this event. Please contact Jafco director of development operations, Shelly gold at Shelly at org, And you see the phone number there. And again, I'll post this on our Instagram page at surviving survivor uh, for all show times. Find us on Twitter at podcast S T S. We will inquire about recording. Probably not a live stream. The COE keeping me straight once again. Uh, Ruth, thank you so much for doing this. You know that I am uh, humbled to have you and Phil on, and I know Phil doesn't do much media, almost none. <laughs> Same with uh, Shelly. Yeah, you know, They get him with short little sound bites, but you're not going to see a 13-minute interview too many places with Phil Markell. So I really appreciate him doing that, and uh, all the best wishes to you and Shelly. And if you have a final thought,
2: no, yeah, thank you, I... thank you to you. Your COE is your wife, and <laughs> uh, and Steve Cohn, who's always been a, a buddy, and every, and really every all the other podcasters. We have to keep this community uh, tight knit, well working, and it's all in a positive direction. And uh, I just want to say thank you, and thank you to your to your followings as well. So again, happy Thanksgiving, and we look forward to other opportunities to keep the world shaking up a little bit.
0: Uh, We are all thankful for the Markell family this Thanksgiving. Huge shout out to them. And uh, with that, we will say, love you, America. Quick programming note, by the way, tomorrow, the COE (coughs) is putting together a Thanksgiving special with best guests and members of STS nation who are giving us little selfie videos. Uh, She's going to kill me when I say this, but if you want to, Give us a one-minute video, survivingthesurvivor at gmail.com. She's going to edit them all together. And Burgess is in there, America's Most Respected Detective, Phil Waters. We need to get Ruth in there, too, um, and get everyone involved. So, people, the deadline is in two hours, survivingthesurvivor at gmail.com. It's just a quick video, what you are thankful for this Thanksgiving. Right after this, I'm recording an interview with some of Charlie's former friends. That is going to air on Friday, so keep an eye out for it on Twitter. I'll, I'll announce that at Podcast STS. Until then, love you, America. Love you, Tallahassee. Love you, Toronto, Ontario. Love you, America.
3: Final seconds of the game. A chance to score, and the chance has gone begging. If your business is commerce platform